This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Every day, U.S. poison control centers get dozens of calls about kids exposed to prescription drugs. An expert shares the disturbing facts. It's evident with 188,000 cases, the kids are watching and they know that this is still in the medicine cabinet. The adolescents are going there and taking them. Then, the number of autism cases in America is rapidly growing. How are special education programs responding to the situation? We'll have this story. It is definitely a dominant topic, particularly in the world of special education and mental health, since one in 68 children, according to the CDC, has some form of autism. Those two interviews and more are straight ahead on this week's show. Stick around. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Prescription drug abuse is a national problem, particularly involving opioid drugs. A research study shows that children can be victims of these drugs, too. To explain, we welcome Henry A. Spiller, director of the Central Ohio Poison Center at Nationwide Children's Hospital and co-author of the study. Henry, welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, let's start with the numbers. How many calls do poison centers get about this specific problem? We looked a lot. We looked over a 15-year period, and we had 188,000. This is more than 10,000 a year. It's significant. Now, when you say children are exposed to prescription opioids, what exactly are we talking about here? Unfortunately, that's a term we use in poison centers. You can take a substance, you can inject it, insufflate it or snort it, ingest it. And so we use the general term exposure. These are children who have taken an opioid. Okay, so they have taken it. Aren't most prescription drugs in sealed containers or safety containers or whatever they call those? How are children getting access to these so easily? Unfortunately, they're not. There's two groups that really stick out in this, and one is children that are younger than six preschoolers. They're around the home. That's about half of this group, almost 100,000. And in this case, they're just doing exploratory behavior. They're wandering around their house. They're delightfully exploring their world, and they find these pills. They are not locked up, unfortunately, and they do what they often do. They look at them, they put them in their mouth, that sort of thing. That's one area we hope education can help because they're finding these. The second group is actually teens, 14, 15, 16, all the way to 18. All of their exposures, as we call them, are intentional. And they're doing it for two main reasons. One is abuse. I mean, they're taking it to get high. The other is we saw suicide attempts. But again, all these children don't have direct access to go to a doctor and go to a pharmacy themselves. These are found in the home. And so that's a big picture of what we're seeing is that people need to be very careful about these medications when they have them in their house. We're talking on InfoTrack with Henry A. Spiller, director of the Central Ohio Poison Center at Nationwide Children's Hospital. And he co-authored a study on prescription drug abuse involving opioid drugs and affecting children, those under the legal age. Henry, which specific medications are most commonly uh, used by children? It depends on the age group. 
because in this study, we're looking at prescription opioids. So illicit opioids like heroin are not part of this. These are pills found in the home, that sort of thing. In the older ones, it's oxycodone and hydrocodone. But in young children, we found a very concerning trend. And it's actually one of the few that's actually increasing the whole way through the study. And that's buprenorphine. You may know that as Suboxone. And Suboxone is only used in the U.S. as a treatment for opiate addiction. So this is being brought into the home of a parent or a family member or someone who previously had some sort of opiate addiction and now has this in their home. And then the children are getting into the buprenorphine. And we're seeing a significant increase in just the children under five. Mm. You don't see it in any other group. It's concerning. And there's a little reason why when you give this, it's the adult. It's not usually considered as potent as some of the other things they were taking. It doesn't give the distinct high that some of the other things they were using. And they may not consider it as potent or powerful. Perhaps that's why it's available. They're not as careful with it. But it is in these very young children, and more than half of them end up in the hospital because of this. Well, you bring up an interesting question. Are these opioids, and I don't know if you would know this, are they leftover drugs from a previous prescription? And how should someone dispose of these drugs after getting them from a doctor? Unfortunately, we don't have in this database if this was their prescription or someone else's prescription. But in either case, it should be something that's controlled in the house. If they're left over, and in many cases, parents may just save these, apparently it's evident with 188,000 cases, the kids are watching, and they know that this is still in the medicine cabinet. The adolescents are going there and taking them, and the young children are just finding them. So we would suggest that there's a lockbox. If you have these and you're going to keep them in your house, put it in a locked box, and then therefore you'd have to open it to use it. You don't need a big safe or anything, but these lock boxes are cheap, they're easy, and that would help a great deal. What's your view on how many opioids are being prescribed by doctors? Do you feel these drugs are perhaps being overused? Since 2010, there's been significant efforts to reduce and control this. For instance, a number of specific specialties like emergency medicine and others have requested that their groups prescribe for just, say, two days or three days, you know, eight, 12 tablets of that nature. A number of these things to reduce the, instead of just giving you a random 30 or 60 amounts and you have all this left over. So in many cases, and there's been tracking by the states called prescription monitoring programs. And so since 2010, there's been a significant reduction And in fact, in everything except buprenorphine, we also saw after 2010 a reduction. And it's down to about 10,000 cases last year, which is an improvement. I mean, if you see the trend, it is definitely improving and we're happy with this, but it's obviously still there. Henry, compared to other calls that the poison centers get for opioids, what would be perhaps the second biggest cause of poisoning? Is it household cleaning products? What would be next on the list? It depends on the age group. In children, yeah, it would be household products. In young children, zero to five. In adolescents, it is other pharmaceuticals. Uh, a lot of cough cold preparation, dextromethorphan, antihistamines that they use. One of the other things that I see you're calling for after uh, doing this study is the form of packaging for opioid drugs. Could you talk about that? It's another tool that we're hoping will help. 
You know, if you have individual blister packs, it certainly will cut down on how many a toddler can get in a period of time. If you just open a bottle, they might be able to swallow five, six, seven before you can get to them. It's a blister pack. Hopefully, if you're in the, you know, the house, the room, you wander in, and it takes them a little time. It's a method to slow down access for young children. It would help. Another key thing would be a lockbox. These are additional tools that will help us. As we wrap this up, Henry, I'm just wondering if you have any、uh, words of advice for parents who might be listening. Obviously, you've already given us a lot of good ideas here, but any last suggestions for parents who are listening? I honestly want to let them know that this really occurs. We're still seeing 10,000 cases a year across the U.S., and the adolescents. They may not have wanted to do it when they were ten, two years ago, or four years ago, but now they're fourteen or fifteen. You need to be aware that they may try and do this, and again, the young children. These are far more dangerous than perhaps you're used to, and to be again very cautious with them. It does occur in our case once every forty-five minutes throughout the U.S. So this is daily, and it continues to occur. So the word is: be very careful with your prescription opioid drugs. Keep them locked up. Keep them away from your children, children of all ages, to avoid abuse and harm to them. Henry A. Spiller, director of the Central Ohio Poison Center at Nationwide Children's Hospital. Thank you so much for joining us today, Henry. Thank you very much. Next, the number of autism cases in the U.S. is skyrocketing. The eye-opening facts coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this.